guys, before we get started, you know what to do. Smash that subscribe button. Tell your friends about us. I don't know why I turned into a filthy old cowboy there for a second. <laughs> no, you didn't turn into shit. That's how you've always been. You just finally, <laughs> you caught up to the realization that all of us had years ago, you gross bastard. <laughs> <laughs> well, golly, everybody. You can just follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, oh. at and our website, launchpampod.com. You can check Come us out. Come on down to them social medias at the launch. <laughs> Get one of those A's in a circle. Dot com. <laughs> on the World Wide Web. Oh, you can my find God. us on computers at. <laughs> <laughs> if you're on one of them newfangled devices called an iPhone. Oh my gosh. Uh yeah. So hit us up. Do that social media stuff. Um, tell your friends about us. Uh we're we're dropping a ton of Comic Con content because it was so fun and we interviewed a lot of really cool people. Today we're interviewing a pretty cool one. I'm excited about it. But before we reveal who it is, we should get on with the show. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All right, welcome to Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Matt. Matt, I'm still high off Comic-Con, man. That was I know, dude. One of like, the best I still, lives ever. And it's funny because we've been a couple years together now, and I've been a couple years before you and in the middle of you without you, and it still was awesome. And every year I'm like, oh, this is amazing. But this, <laughs> there's so many things that happened at this one that just make it so freaking good. And this was one of our, our first interviews scheduled. You know, we're like, hey, at this time, we got to be, we got to be. And we ran over, he's over in Artist Alley, and we're talking to David Pepos, who, I mean, he's done a bunch of stuff, Moon Knight, uh, and he had just been awarded Punisher, which was pretty interesting. Yeah, he's going to be the new long writer, the, the new the main writer on the new Punisher, which is not, I mean, we talk about it a bit, but it's not a, it's not a continuation of the character we all know. There's some big changes coming up for this title and this character, um, and it was cool to sit down with a guy who's doing those changes, because we've known him, we've talked to him before. He's done some really cool, big, awesome Marvel work lately, but he's also done some fantastic independent stuff with himself and uh, other small publishers. Um, and he's a cool guy, and he's he's fun to talk. He, like he literally has written two or three of my absolute favorite all time characters in the last eighteen months or so. So it was really cool to talk to him about that stuff. It must be a pretty challenging moment when Marvel hits you up and they're like, hey, you want one of our really big titles? And you're like, of course, which one is it? And they're like, Punisher. And you're like, oh, uh, uh, how about X-Men? And they're like, no, Punish. You're like, oh, okay. I got. I guess I got to do that now. Like, I feel like Punisher is one of those titles that's hard to write because, hey, give us some slick new ideas for Punisher. And you're like, he kills a bunch. You're like, and? I don't know. That's what Punisher does. And that's what people want to see Punisher do. So it's hard to do anything because if we do something new, people are going to be pissed off. And they're like, yeah, right, 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 right. But what else you got? And you're like, uh. But see, I think that's the thing is where he's coming on now. And I'll talk about where Punisher left off real quick. But yeah, yeah, where he's coming on. They're giving him a whole new thing. They're trying. They're not trying to do the same old Frank Castle that we've seen, which I think is really interesting because 
I, I feel differently. I'm not going to say the Punisher is is easy to write, but there's a very um, rigid, I, I it should be rigid framework. Frank Castle, killing bad guys, period. You shouldn't be doing much more than that. And I, I think it's hard to write another one of those stories, but at least you know, like, all right, if I want to do this right, I'm not doing a supervillain. I'm not doing in space. There's no mutants. There's no time travel. There's no this. There's no that. There's no this. Um, you know, you look at the greats who've come before. I can't do that because that's already been done, right? Sure. Um, <laughs> but I think you get that. And then they're like, oh, but guess what? You're not doing that Punisher. You're doing this whole new thing. And I don't know if they said it has to be a this, this, and this, figure it out, go. Or if they were like, you can't use Frank Castle, do something new. And well. As far as characters go, that is one of those things where it's like Frank Castle is holding back the Punisher property. Unless you're doing like a, a retro thing, his that rigidity to me is what holds back the property. So there's like, you know, taking the chains off, taking off the cuffs, saying go buck wild. That's exciting. And I am interested to see what he does. But at the same time, yeah, I like, like that. I, people, I agree. People are already pissed. At, he's like, I'm already getting people who are like, oh, I hate it. You're like, because it's a very different thing. Right. And it's like if you were like, write Wolverine, but it's going to be a woman from Florida. And you're like, well, wait, what? What? <laughs> you know, you're like, and, and, and the new Punisher is not a, a woman from Florida, but it's it's not Frank Castle. And it's not all, it's not that um, the, I, I'm I'm reading the last Punisher run right now. And I don't know if you've read that or heard about it, but. Frank Castle essentially becomes the executioner for the hand, the Daredevil's ninja group, you know? Right. And he starts to develop these mystical powers, and it's been revealed that they've always been watching him and tapping him. A lot of people hate it. I don't give a fuck. It's not, it's not the one I want, but like, okay, if you're going to make him be the executioner for the hand, what are you going to do with it? And so far, I thought it's been, I think it's been pretty fun and pretty fine. I couldn't tell you any great any great lines or any great scenes, but it's true. Like this Frank Castle Punisher is the evolution of that. It makes sense. He's not doing or saying anything that doesn't sound like Punisher. It's essentially the hand is like we have to sacrifice people to to feed this mythical creature, this beast. And, and he's and like, OK, yeah, give I'm me all the child molesters and war criminals that you could find. And the hand is like, OK. And it's like, okay, that's interesting. I'll watch that. That I'm on board with. That's totally Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, Johan Vasquez. Like, I'm on board with that stuff. It's when he starts getting mystical powers that I'm kind of like, ah. But that's the price you pay for working with the hand, I guess, like literally and figuratively. But like, oh, you know, at this point, if it's if it's an if it's an entertaining 20 minutes for me to read that comic. Great. And that's that's what I feel this has been. I'm not going to buy it on hardcover. Like, I don't need the physical media of this when it's not a story that it's so great. I- I'm not sure yet because I'm not there yet, but I think he dies at the end. I'm <gasps> guessing. Oh, spoiler. But I don't know. That's a guess. That's, and I'll say right now, I didn't say spoiler alert because I'm guessing I don't know. Um, but I think this now this new run now that our, our buddy David Pepos is 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 going to helm that takes place after this. So it does make sense that they'd start from scratch with a whole new thing because I, I think Frank Castle dies in this one. Also, the one this one is written by Jason Aaron, who also wrote uh, uh, the one that I'm talking about with the hand. Um, Jason Aaron wrote the Max, the Punisher Max series where he fights Kingpin and Bullseye and Elektra and ends up dying at the end. And parts of that I love and parts of it I cannot stand. He just loves killing off 
Frank Castle. He, he does. Like, and that, that one's really like a gut punch, dick punch story. It just really, like it puts him through the meat grinder, I feel like, but in a way that's not enjoyable. Like we love to see Marv from Sin City with the tape yeah. all over his face because we want to see them beat up, but he just gets grinded down and it's so emotionally is, um, is that also the one where bullseye's like your wife was gonna divorce you and divorce you yeah, yeah yeah and I, I thought that was an interesting turn but that whole thing it's just like it just it's I didn't not hate that. fun i didn't hate that yeah no it's not fun it, yeah yeah that's what it is and like, you, yeah. like if you watched the arnold schwarzenegger movie that had emotional impact for all of the characters involved you'd be like <laughs> that shootout scene was cool but now everyone's crying and i feel sad that i watched it it, why would you watch an action movie like oh, that? Did you ever see a movie called Raw Deal? Uh, I did, but not since like probably middle school. <laughs> yeah, it's Arnold uh, is Schwarzenegger. It, is that what it is? Not, not nearly as sad, but Arnold Schwarzenegger's like, uh, he's like a down and out ex FBI agent, and he's trying to like make good, so he has to like go undercover and go, but like undercover and off the book to go infiltrate the mob and like it's a good mob movie but not a good arnold because like mm. it's basically the departed but like if arnold schwarzenegger was matt damon and everybody was like who's busting into our joints and killing everybody and he's like i don't know it's uh definitely that other guy over there that's my arnold voice by the way uh, oh, I, yo, oh, we knew <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's in my house eating my cookies. Um, so so <laughs> the whole time they're like, who could be who could be the mole? And it's just like this giant Austrian man being like, <laughs> just like, okay. But <laughs> it's got some good stuff in it. It's got some good scenes, but for the most part, it's like it's a better mob movie than it is a uh <laughs> an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. I want to see like the untouchables. Uh, Capone scene with the baseball bat, but with Schwarzenegger playing De Niro's role. <laughs> um, well, let's 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 check in with uh when I talk to David Pepos, and I got to give him like a shout out first. Um, we had Aaron and I had multiple panels. Uh, we had a bunch of people come to support us. We had a bunch of people come to help us out, which Rumi Rumi affectionately dubbed them Oompa Loompas. So like in all of me and Rumi's prep and production stuff, he's like, all right, so we'll, we'll put an Oompa Loompa at the door. We'll have another Oompa Loompa with us handing out prizes. So we have all these wonderful Oompa Loompas. <laughs> Two Oompa Loompas we had. One was my friend Aaron, who has a boy, uh, it's like a young teenage boy, Wyatt. Yeah, we and employ he's a... children. That's what we did. Yeah, yeah. Got the child labor going at on. Least, yeah, at least Willy Wonka was employing adult weird little creatures. We were taking children. <laughs> <laughs> when but you put it that way we got him into comic-con he's a big comic book nerd he was in my elementary school uh comic book club and he took it super seriously he's a big moon knight fan and uh him and his mom erin were helping us out and we also they also hung out with us a little bit through some of the interviews and stuff we did and he was so excited to show me all these back issues of moon knight he had and one of the ones he pulled out was one of the ones that david pepos had written and i knew pepos was signing at his table and i was like dude we can go get that signed right now. And this little kid's face lit up and he was like, we can. So the four of us trooped over and he met David Peppos and he was like, he didn't know what to say. And he was being so sweet. And David Peppos signed it for him. When they, that family left, when they left, the little boy got home. He wouldn't put the comic down and he drooled. He, he fell, fell asleep, asleep one night. 
he fell asleep on the comic and drooled on the cover and was <laughs> devastated. <laughs> so his mom wrote me and was like, hey, I know you and Aaron are really busy, but is there any way? I was like, yeah, don't worry about it. So I went over and talked with Pepos. While I did that, the little boy, Wyatt, wrote me or wrote Pepos a letter, you know, dear Mr. Pepos, you know, I, I fell asleep. and did this. Thank you so much. Cause there a way that you could get me another one. And Pepos was so touched by the letter. He's like, do you think, do you think I could get a copy of that letter? I was like, I'll give me your address. I'll have that kid send you that letter. So Wyatt's going to send him that letter, but David Pepos, he signed one. And then I bought like this beautiful variant foil copy foil cover. And it's got all these ghouls on it. And Pepos wrote something like, Wyatt, we're coming for your drool or your drool sustains us or something. It's, oh, it's so funny. So we turned this like funny, silly, scary story for this little kid into something that was fun. And now he has a couple things signed by David Pepo and like a really funny story. And Rumi, I was trying to tell him that Wyatt, like all these stories that you and I have of something random, like Zeb Wells's creepy garage. ass torture garage. <laughs> and it just turns into this thing. And then who knows where it's going to be in three years, right? But... But no, Pepos was super cool to talk to with all that stuff. And clearly someone who, who who values his fans and his readership and cares about this stuff just as much as we do. Right. Absolutely. I, he, he was a great interview. So, uh, yeah, let's 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 play it. Roll tape. Launchpad podcast at San Diego Comic-Con 2023. We're here with none other than David Pepos. And I don't want to kiss your ass right out of the gate, but you're writing all the characters that I love. Like, just boom, 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 boom. I'm so glad. Um, let me ask you this. I'll start with this because it makes sense for what I just said. All these characters that you're writing currently for Marvel, were you into or a fan of or at least interested in any of these before you got these assignments? Or were oh, they yeah. like, okay, these are assignments I got to get into? Oh, them. yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um, you know, I'm, uh, for those who haven't been following my news, um, I am writing not only Moon Knight City of the Dead, which just came out with our first issue this week, uh, but we just announced yesterday I'm going to be taking over The Punisher uh, with <laughs> an all-new character, uh, Joe Garrison, uh, former S.H.I.E.L.D. Wetworks agent uh, turned vigilante of the night. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm so thrilled. I, I'm, listen, I'm a third-generation comics fan. I grew up in the, under the Marvel Universe. I love every character uh, that the Marvel Universe has to offer. And, um, yeah, I was just so excited and honored to be able to tackle these characters. Um, for Moon Knight, I've been a huge fan for ages. I've, I've, I've loved Jed McKay's run, so I was so thrilled to be able to kind of do a miniseries. Sure. Sort of spinning off of that. And then for the Punisher, um, you know, I've had a lot of fun. I, I wrote uh, Punisher 2099, actually, sort of the legacy of the Punisher already in the pages of Savage Avengers. So, um, you know, my editor, Tom Brevoort and I, um, that sort of led him to offering me this new assignment. And it's been so cool to be able to add something new to the Marvel Universe. I mean, I think being able to create a legacy character is not something that you get to do every day. Sure. And um, it's such a, 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 you know, to go back to the old phrase, it's a great power, great responsibility. And um, it's one that we're having so much fun doing, but also we've had so many conversations just how do we tell this story in the best and most responsible way possible? And um, how do we just build a bigger table? How do we invite more fans? Um, that's all I'm trying to do with every single book. And uh, so far, uh, the reception has been really encouraging. Well, let's, let's, let's focus on Punisher. That's a huge announcement, and congratulations. Thank you. Erin uh, and I are both giant Punisher fans <laughs> from, like, the 90s on. And no pressure, I'm sure you know this, <laughs> but you got some shoes to fill yes, here. Uh, um, but you're starting out of the gate with a brand new character. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And then also, as a creator, 
is it more or less daunting to take on a legacy, like you said, a legacy character, but kind of starting at the ground up to build them over again? Is that yeah. harder or easier than just continuing with Frank Castle? Yeah, no, it's 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 definitely daunting um, for sure because uh, you know the thing with superhero comics usually is it's almost a, a journalistic affair. You know, you're able to kind of do research on the character's past. You're able to kind of find new facets. Uh, you're able to kind of figure out what in the pre-existing characterization speaks to you, and you're kind of able to, to, to key in and gravitate on that. With a brand new character, you are building everything from the ground up. I, I, I've said that it's a, it's very much, a, it's all the challenges of a superhero title with all of the, the, the challenges of a creator-owned title. But it's really freeing. It's really exciting. Um, it's definitely, it's, it's unlike anything I've ever written in Marvel before. That you're able to kind of really blue sky this whole thing, um, and so that's it's very exciting. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a big responsibility, and and so. Uh, you know, what we've done for our character, Joe Garrison, is uh, he's a former S.H.I.E.L.D. Wetworks agent. Um, he had retired uh, basically to pursue a family of his own. And unfortunately, um, in the, across the intervening years, um, someone just blew up his house with his family still inside. And unfortunately, the authorities have no idea that he's a retired S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Wetworks guy. So they think the husband did it. Mm. Um, and so Joe is on the run from the authorities while he's trying to figure out who set him up and why. Oh, okay. We've been billing this as John Wick meets the fugitive. Um, and so, Damn, okay. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of people who have, uh, they have questions, they have they have opinions, which I love. Of course, we wouldn't be comics fans without them. And um, I, I, we're going to be uh, tackling a lot of these questions in the series. But what I can say is that our opening story, it's not, he's not, immediately the Punisher whole claw. Sure, this sure. This is very much our story is sort of how does one adopt that mantle? Uh, what's the trajectory that one has to take to do that? Um, how does one go from being a personal street-level vigilante pursuing his own personal quest for vengeance to becoming somebody who fights for the innocent and avenges the ones that didn't make it along the way? I, I, there's just so much to talk about. We've seen it now since the announcement yesterday. Yeah. We've seen a bunch of images of Joe in a Punisher uh, a uniform, right? With Punisher armor with a lit up kind of skull. Is that going to be the costume or is that a teaser type of image that might not actually be the whole deal? That, or? that, is, that, is, uh, that is actually Joe's uh, uh, shield black ops uniform that happens to kind of look... A little skull-like, and um, you know we'll be seeing uh, variations of that. Um, you know there there are little other accessories that'll be added to the mix, but um, you know a lot of this story is going to be sort of just people being like, "Is that guy the Punisher?" Just based on that image, sure. and um, you know Joe kind of having to come to terms with that, to grapple with that. Um, what, part of the cool thing about making him a former Shield guy is that um, you know it's very much he's got a unique set of skills uh, to, to paraphrase Liam Neeson um, and what's so cool is we're really focusing on the gun foo of it all it's, oh it, man this is not just um, guns and ammo this is choreography this is how does Joe kind of work his way through a crowd um, and more importantly how does he utilize the environment around him um, that's the coolest thing about the character to me is he's got fun gadgets um, he's got sort of you know he's got the shield guns he's got other shield tech that he can utilize but 
he doesn't need it. Um, you know, if, uh, wherever you drop him, if you drop him into a museum, you drop him into a nightclub, you drop him into, you know, an abandoned sewer tunnel, he will find the angles of ways to kill you um, and he will use them. Um, and so that's that's really cool. Half the fun of writing somebody like this, um, you know, it's almost like a Cassandra Cain's Batgirl. You know, sure, sure. You can drop him in any environment and figure out, like, half the fun is, well, how's this guy going to fight his way out? And uh, I can tell you, Dave Wachter is really doing a great job in the fight choreography, so every scene, it, it really pops. And that's what I was going to ask you is, when you say something like the, the gun cutter, that is such a, a visual thing, and yeah. it's, it's all motion-based, right? So how do you guys, you and the yeah. artists, translate that into static panels yes. while still conveying the mo the motion that makes the reader understand what is happening where is that is that like I feel like that's an extra challenge on top of what you're already trying to do yeah you know and 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 so we've been looking at a lot of things you know like uh, Damien Scott's work on Batgirl is, was is, I think a big influence sure, on me uh, yeah, yeah. you know a lot of strobe strobe effects where you sort of see the after images of him kind of cutting through everybody mm -hmm. and um, also just you know. Dave knows how to how to throw a punch, at least on a page. Um, you know, they look. There are some really cool moments that we have a, a very cool action sequence that we're kind of kicking the book off with, and um, boy, you you can feel every hit on that one. Um, so yeah, it's it's really interesting, and and it's as somebody who loves writing fight choreography, it's been a really cool experience for me to kind of figure out like, okay, how do we zero in even more? than what I've already done on books like Moon Knight City of the Dead and Savage sure. Avengers. And, uh, you know, some of that is kind of seeing it a little bit through um, the bad guy's eyes and the fact that they're like, oh, uh, this guy, like, we can't get a beat on him um, because he's just, he's not superhuman. And that's something I really want to reiterate is that, um, like Frank Castle before him, Joe Garrison is a, a regular human being, but he's so precise, he's so coordinated, he's so trained he might as well be superhuman, mm -hmm. and boy, anybody on the receiving end um, uh, is really going to regret it. I know it's. I cannot wait to read this. Just like I'm a Punisher fan, so you had me by the title. Yeah. But I'm envisioning John Wick on a page. It seems that you often like to take an unorthodox idea and put <laughs> it on comic page. I'm thinking of your your Hulk story. Yeah. Which, if you guys haven't seen it, it is a found footage. Hulk story in a comic. Right. How, now, someone who hasn't seen the book but knows what found footage is on the screen, yeah. how could you explain the, the translation from the screen to the panel, to yeah. the page? Well, you know, um, that, that, that Hulk annual that I did with Kayo Mahato, um, yeah, we, it, I've wanted to do a found footage comic for a long time, so I've been thinking about it, but so I, never, cool. I never found the right story to tell it with. And um, when editor Will Moss reached out to me and said, hey, uh, we're looking to do a Hulk annual, you have a little bit extra runway, but it's a standalone story, any ideas? And so, uh, yeah, it's really cool being able to kind of utilize comics panels, but in a way that evokes uh, screens. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, a lot of that was um, our, our colorist, Edgar Delgado. Uh, I, I was saying, can we add in distortion? Can we add in noise? Can we add in the little static bars to the mix? Um, our letterer, you know, did uh, everything in electronic text just to make really reinforce that this is. But it was so cool being able to kind of, we would have kind of a static um, layout um, you know, with each panel, everything was told through first through that first person perspective. Every single panel was told through the lens of that camera. Right. And so that's kind of it was kind of a cool experiment to just say, okay, here's what you can see, but then you're hearing things in the background that you can't see, which kind of adds to the to the tension. Um, and also, sort of, 
okay, you got, say, six panels that are just screens, and then sometimes we're able to kind of make it a little more widescreen, and sometimes we're able to make it a splash page, but it still looks like it's told through the lens of a camera. So it was really cool kind of bridging the two rules of found footage and sequential art, and um, I'm really happy with how that story came together, because also, for me, it was very personal. Um, I, uh, my first job out of college, I was a newspaper reporter in a, a, a struggling rural town that had its sort of its chief economic engine unexpectedly left them. And right. It, it, for years, Ooh. they'd been figuring out, what do we do from here? And so I took that, uh, what, what happened to the civilian annex next to Los Diablos Missile Base after they closed following the birth of the Hulk? And sort of showing the ripple effects. Wow, such a good idea. Not even just the ripple effects of the Hulk destroyed my house. What happens when the Hulk indirectly destroyed our economy? Right. Um, and, and all the people Damn, who sort such of... That's a smart idea. Thank you. Um, so I had a lot of fun with that. I'm so proud of how that book turned out. and uh, It felt like also just a really fun and appropriate lead-in for uh, my friend Philip Kennedy Johnson, who just started his run on, on, on Incredible Hulk, which it's... You know, get ready for the next year of Eisner judges because I'm I'm sure it's going to be a shoe in uh, for for a nomination. Let's let's keep keep looking that way. Talk about the future. Yeah, you've written freaking everything. <laughs> oh wait, Bef all right, future, and then we'll go back to this space. <laughs> what's something or a character? It doesn't necessarily have to be Marvel if you're allowed to say yeah. otherwise. But what's something that you haven't written yet that like, like an established character? Yeah. Or, or book or series that you haven't touched yet that you can't wait to get your hands on? Uh, I'd love to write Doctor Strange. Um, yeah? Yeah, uh, and I'd love to do more with Spider-Man. Uh, I was really lucky that I was able to do uh, a Peter Parker story in Spider-Verse Unlimited on the Marvel Unlimited app. Uh, I would love to do more with Peter. He's my favorite character in all of fiction. Uh, but Doctor Strange has been on my bucket list for 15 years. Wow. Um, um, and uh, nobody has, uh, has, has, has tapped into the idea I've had in mind. So uh, uh, fingers crossed one of these days. Marvel, Marvel, uh, come on. But, uh, you know, right now it's also, you can't go wrong. I mean, Jed McKay is just, he's, he's, he's probably my favorite writer at Marvel right now. And he's doing such an amazing job at Doctor, St Doctor Strange. And uh, having, uh, having had to, to, to follow him, uh, him up on uh, Moon Knight City of the Dead, uh, I'm okay letting him have his lane for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Going to space. Spoilers ahead. Tell us about your Darth Vader story, please. Sure. Because there's... Two big things we love in that story. So, and, and spoiler, you could say what you need to say. Yeah, um, yeah. For for my Darth Vader story, uh, I worked with Alessandro Vitti, um, just a terrific artist. Um, yeah, I was so thrilled. Uh, it was around the holidays last year that um, uh, Mark Panacea uh, reached out to me and said, "Hey, we're doing a Darth Vader anthology. Would you like to do a story?" And of course, God. how could I say no? Um, you know, I, I I remember watching Star Wars in my grandmother's condo when I was a kid. Um, I love love it, and the ultimate is the ultimate villain. Um, so yeah, I did a story called "The Endless Mercy," which um, I pitched it as: uh, Could we have uh, Darth Vader fight legally distinct xenomorphs? Um, right. <laughs> and uh, they seem to go for that pretty well. Um, so it was super fun. Um, you know, there's a sort of a bioengineered weapon on an abandoned ship that Darth Vader and some stormtroopers have been called to secure, and uh, they find out that like this this ship nobody's on it. Um, there's just weird, weird webbing all over the place. Mm -hmm. And they find out that um, uh, an, an, an alien hybrid uh, known as the Zarakon um, and, uh, uh, has taken over the ship. And uh, it's tied to this, these experiments. And uh, 
they're looking to make Vader part of their hive mind. So it's very cool. We have a really kind of cool hardcore moment where like a tendril bursts out of Vader's chest and he uses the dark side of the force to burn it out. Um, and uh, come on, <laughs> I was like, I don't think I'm going to write anything that metal for a long time. Um, <laughs> so I, I was so thrilled to be to, to be able to contribute even a little bit to such an iconic and enduring mythology. Uh, it really is the honor of a lifetime. Guys, if you are not currently reading any of the thousand books by David Peplos, you have to. <laughs> I got one more question. It could Maybe. be easy. It could be hard. It's up to you. Okay. Dolph Lundgren. Thomas Jane, Ray Stevenson, and I guess Bernthal. I was going to say Bernthal. Uh, no, Bernthal, uh, I think, by a country mile. Um, actor or series or both? Like, or the, you know, actor or the, or the depiction or both? Oh. So tell, oh. tell me who's the best Punisher, but also what's the best uh, screen adaptation? Okay, I mean, I, you, I, am, you can pick I, I, I am a, for the story, I am a sucker for the, the Lundgren. Fuck yeah, absolutely. Um, that is that is hardcore. Okay. Um, but uh, Burnthal as as actor, um, he just you know he added so many layers to the Punisher, and he really it, it would be so easy to play him as a one note character. And uh, John just really did not shy away from really kind of digging deep into the character and trying to find all his nuance and, and facets. Um, he is a tremendously talented actor, and um, uh, yeah, uh, he 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 did the Punisher proud. You heard it here first. Where can we follow you, David? Where can your yeah. fans find you and see what's coming next? Sure. You can follow me on Twitter, uh, Blue Sky, and Threads uh, at Pepposty. It's just my last name, first initial. Um, you can also follow me on David Pepos Comics on Facebook. Um, or you can visit my website, davidpepos.com. And you guys know you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Launchpad Pod or at our website, launchpadpod.com. Now we have to do the Launchpad secret handshake. Okay. Whoosh. <laughs> Comic-Con 2023. That was our interview with David Pepos. Super fun, dude. Uh, one other thing, when we were talking about uh, the, the kid, our, our Wyatt, child. Wyatt, our Opa Lopa, yeah. uh, <laughs> Our underage forced worker that we didn't pay. Well, he got to meet so many like big stars. And we'll probably bring this up again in our NECA episode, but like we're doing a NECA interview and we're like, hey, that guy created the Ninja Turtles. And he's like, what? And we're like, oh, yeah, Kevin, Kevin Eastman, Kevin Eastman by. right there with Ben Bishop. And he was like, we're like, go say hi, go say hi to him. His mom like walked over there and said hi to <laughs> Kevin Eastman. It's like, yeah, tell him you know the Launchpad Pod. He knows who we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's like yeah it's the first year in a couple years those idiots haven't been bothering me um but you know it's cool and this is the first time i think that we've actually brought someone with us that like we knew like at least i knew personally i know his level of fandom and he's never been to any cons before let alone freaking san diego right and San Diego, San Diego can be overwhelming because of how big what it is. But one thing that I love about cons is you walk in and this con in particular is the biggest example, but you walk in and immediately you're like, this is my tribe. These are my people. Like everyone here is here because they effing love something. It doesn't matter if it's toys, Legos, VHS tapes, original art, comics, movies, cosplay. It doesn't matter. And even though I'm an elitist and I think I'm cooler than everybody else and I look down at everybody else, (laughs) (laughs) 
not everybody does that, but it also is just so cool to be like, hey, man, you are here flying your flag, whatever it is. And everybody else is just so psyched to be flying their flags that you're like, oh, man, nice flag. Nice flag, too, dude. And it's just like so cool. And it's cool to see that through someone who has never been there's eyes. So when I told that guy, hey, we can go get that signed right now, I watched his whole face beam. And it was like so cool to be like, welcome, welcome. You feel like Willy Wonka, right? We are. Yeah. We They were our Oompa Loompas because it does feel like that. Well, and also the fact that he's like, I don't even know what that means, but I want it. Yeah. Like, yeah. like i don't know the value he doesn't know who the author is he like he i mean he might know the name but he doesn't like you're too young to understand how big that is but you want mm-hmm. it that sounds cool i can do that let's do that i didn't know that was something i could go after now he's going to be a fiend for for autograph oh yeah like, his mom's like, gonna hate me now for all the autograph moon Knight shit he has in his house and, and now he's gonna have to stand in line for hours and pay 50 dollars a signing at all the uh, <laughs> elite signing better event. get a job dude can't be an oopa loopa forever <laughs> <laughs> but you know what it is and you and i from being nerds ourselves and doing nerd shit but also from the podcast yeah. you have all these stories that a little thing kind of has this ripple effect and it turns into something different. So like now he has this funny story about David Peppos, even if he never talks to David Peppos again, that's still a really cool interaction that he can tell later, that he can remember later and be like, oh, what a bonehead move to drool on something. But then David <laughs> Peppos made me, you know, like David Peppos made a joke out of it. And now I have this totally cool, one of a kind, bitchin' collectible that was only available there. And it was, hand signs and remarks, making fun of my joke. It's like, that's a very special thing. We have so many pieces of art and things in our podcast collection, just from things that evolved, talking to people, hanging out on the show. You know, I, I, I think it's so cool. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he's drawn into a picture it. of us. Multiple people have drawn pictures of us, right? right? Like we're in comic Kelly books. Jones. Kelly Jones drew pictures of us. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, uh, yeah, it's super fun. And that's what gets super exciting. And like, it is super fun to bring a kid. I don't know when I can bring my kid because I just like, I, like you said, like we saw a guy pushing a kid with a stroller around and you're like, that's not for me. But yeah, he's not there for him. He's not there for him. But there will be a day where it's like, I can't wait to bring Sammy and carry her out of that hall, passed out on my shoulder because she ran around all day. Oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. Totoro. Oh, my God. Wally. Oh, there's a mm-hmm. video that I took. She loves Totoro. And I took a picture of me with Totoro. But there's a video I took of like a full on robotic Wally. And he just waves and rolls out of frame. And she wants to watch that on repeat. She stops and looks at it. And he waves and she waves back. And then he drives <laughs> off. And she's like, again. And you're like, okay. Wave. He drives off again. And you're like, whoa, you're getting kind of creepy obsessed, kid. Let's. Uh, let's I was going to say, cut the title card that says, four months earlier and there's two mad scientists and they're working on that Wally and one leans over to the other and is like, is the encrypted uh, su- subconscious children code embedded yet? Not yet, sir, but it will be soon. It's the one that pissed your parents off. <laughs> <laughs> but she hasn't even seen Wally. She's just like, that robot's cute. She immediately knew. And I was like, yep, that's true. Oh, well, guys, what is your fandom? What is the thing that you, what is the flag that you fly? Are you excited to see the new era of a Frank Castleist ca- Castleless <laughs> Punisher? Let us know. Do you like Moon Knight? Have you ever drooled on a comic book? Be honest. <laughs> Let us I'm know. I'm trying to think now if I have. I don't think I have. Um, I, I <laughs> drooled on other magazines. Ha! <laughs> 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 
Superb. And with that, I cannot tell the boy to listen to this episode. <laughs> Do they have conventions for that? Can I bring him there? <laughs> we need Oompa Loompas. Oh. Uh, Matt, let's blast this thing up. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Tell us all those things. Have you, have you ever been to one of those conventions? Hit us up. Social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Launchpad Pod at our website, launchpadpod.com. And on YouTube. And uh, yeah, let's blast this thing off. We're the Rocketeers and we're out. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, Two, one, zero, all engine running. Liftoff, we have a liftoff.